Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads from over 200 countries and your number one source in after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey there, Z Nation fans. Welcome to the very first AfterBuzz recap show for this fantastic zombie show. How are you guys doing today? I'm alive. (laughs) I'm pumped. I'm going to run until I can't run anymore. I get bit. (laughs) That sounds like a plan. Rule number one, cardio. Yes. (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today because we're really excited to talk about this show. Joining me on the panel today, Zach Wilson. Hey, guys. Roya Tahiri. Hello, everybody. Katie Cullen. Hi, all my buddies. And I'm your host, Megan Salinas. Oh, guys, I am so pumped to talk to you about this today. And for all of our guests, we have a very, very special guest joining us in the studio today, co-executive producer of the show, Michael Cassett. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you. I was happy to run right over here to being chased down Ventura Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks by, for the warning. Yeah. By zombies? <laughs> I'm chased frequently wherever I go. So. <laughs> well, uh, we're really excited because this is the very first episode of the show, and it we just hit the ground running with this show. Um, we we wanted to ask you what's what was the what was the initial what drew you to this project initially? Uh, the money, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which turned out to be a huge mistake. Uh, <laughs> no, it was uh, the chance to work with uh, Carl Schaefer again. He is a very talented writer. We've worked on various projects going back many years to a show called TV 101 and a show some of you might remember called Erie, Indiana. Mm-hmm. I remember um, that one. So uh, uh, when he said, hey, I'm doing a zombie show, I thought, okay, why not? <laughs> I, I like zombies, you know? So, uh, uh, and... It was a good group of people, uh, fun bunch of writers. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was just the usual rule is in television, uh, career-wise, is you go for the money or the people. And in this case, uh, yeah, it was the people. But, uh, yeah, that was it. Well, that's good. And this looks like it's a kind of a different take on the, at least in terms of the television world, of, you know, the, the entire zombie genre. How did you guys go about approaching that? There were some actual antecedents for this, to, since you said you might deal with symbolism and, uh, you know, highfalutin uh, uh, all conversation that, like that. All that intellectual yeah. mumbo-jumbo. That's all I've got. But uh, <laughs> there was a, uh, a sci-fi channel movie several years ago called uh, Zombie Apocalypse, I believe, co-written by Craig Engler and uh, produced by The Asylum, the Sharknado folks. And... Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Sci-Fi Channel and Asylum kind of came up with the idea of why don't we do something that draws from that uh, that world, that concept. Uh, and, uh, you know, Craig and Carl turned it into a, a something more designed for a series as opposed to, you know, I don't know, probably a spoiler for the zombie apocalypse uh, viewership. People who haven't seen it, that I think pretty much everybody dies in that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> As you do in zombie movies. Yeah, right? that's kind of sort of a default setting there. So that was really where it came from. I mean, yes, the whole idea, you know, which we're not running from is, well, there's The Walking Dead. Why do we need another zombie show? And my feeling is, yeah, I like The Walking Dead a lot. Um, but there are different ways you can take some of this as well. Uh, there are a lot of vampire shows. There are a lot of uh, there are still a lot of police forensic shows on television. And my feeling is, you know, when people are tired of it. They'll let us know. Uh, haven't quite gotten there yet, and hopefully, hopefully not with Z Nation. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's true. This does look like a very different take. You know, it's kind of comparing. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You know, Dawn of the Dead to Zombieland. They're two completely different things. Yeah, I, I think, uh, again, we, everybody on the show was a, a fan of Walking Dead. I've watched every episode. I think the pilot for Walking Dead is one of the best pieces of television ever, 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 and uh, has some stiff competition for that. It's really well done. It's a really well done show. But it is, it's tied to Kirkman's story is his original uh uh graphic novel largely and it's it's a little more static it's it, it's it explores different things and we just wanted to sort of get the whole idea of the zombie apocalypse let's get up and run a little bit let's <laughs> let's go not just from point a to b but let's go a to z uh, uh. <laughs> yeah it was a long week in the writers room for that <laughs> but so yeah so yeah let's let's just go where they're not going and other shows haven't had a chance to go yet and we do go some places we have some you're going to be visiting some famous landmarks some unusual uh, settings that you would not get to in in any of the other zombie product on television well, that's exciting, and I, I love the running. And yeah, so, so that's you will it. get there faster. <laughs> <laughs> so would you say that you're sort of... Walking Dead is like a, is a great show. It's very dramatic. Yeah. There's not a lot of fun on that show. So yeah. it's just like more of like a, the fun Yeah, the, it's show? the fun zombie apocalypse. <laughs> uh, but no, our approach was, and Carl articulated this a lot, it's the characters in there, in our show, have been through a lot. And, like, the really deadly serious people have died. I mean, it, it, chances are, if you've gotten this far, you have a pretty sardonic black sense of humor about You're, what's uh, going on. genetically predisposed badass, I believe. <laughs> yeah, yes, 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 yeah, precise, which uh, we actually got from the Centers for Disease Control. I mean, they, they actually use that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it, 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 the idea was, yeah, I mean, okay, you're in this. Wouldn't you be sort of cracking wise a little bit or have a pretty dark view of it. I mean, I tend to go there anyway. I mean, I start out pretty much in the ultraviolet, so that may have been it may have been casting for me to be on this show. <laughs> but, 
Well, you have to do that to stay sane. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's our, our approach. I mean, uh, not to criticize Walking Dead. I mean, it is, it's just very serious. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, Andrew Lincoln, who plays Rick, is, he's a very, very serious individual. I mean, perhaps a tad to access lately. I mean, I keep waiting for him to actually deliver a line now and then. But that's just, <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's the show. It's, it's that's the dramatic, yes, yes, yes. and it, that's great for a number of reasons. But sometimes you want just somebody with a beer can mace, <laughs> yeah, striking people. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, you know, like they're waiting for the buzzards, and we're the buzzards who are kind of saying, "Well, we're tired of waiting. I'm going to go kill something. You know, let's, <laughs> let's make it happen." So that's there's a, a, a tonal difference there. Yeah. Yeah, and that's definitely something that makes this distinctive from from other things that are out there right now. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Well, let's go ahead and jump into it. We again, we we kick off the the ground running uh, because the opening is just a lot of quick cuts to just introduce you to the world and to the chaos. And I did want to ask: Is this right when the the outbreak is at its worst, or is it three? Because they say three years after the zombie apocalypse, um, you know, the national government has collapsed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we're we're already into it. There's kind of a two time jumps in the original. It's your yeah. Okay, we're here. Zombie apocalypse three years later, and now we're desperate. Everything's gone, and and we're trying to figure out is there something we can do about this. And you have the initial scene, and there's a, a slight jump after that. But it's it's yeah. We're three years in to start. Okay, so that's good to know. And the the one of the first lines is the president is dead, and you know there's no need to panic, even though government itself has collapsed at this point. <laughs> it's all good, guys. It's all good. They no got worries. it handled. Is that really so different from today? Yeah. Uh, let's yeah. say thanks, Obama, but the president was a woman. Yeah, exactly. Uh-oh. Lindsay we Burton, are... I think, was the name. What I like about the. We're far enough into the future because there's no saying that year zero of the zombie apocalypse was 2015. It could have been 2000 anything. We're far enough in the future that we have a woman president. We're also far enough into the future that the NSA has a single communications hub somewhere that is unreachable by usual transport and may not even be on United States soil. Yeah, so we no, got some they, good things and we got some really worrying They make it very clear what that What makes you the, think that doesn't happen? That exists right part. now. That's the worrying part. But no, they they make it very clear that the Northern Lights NSA hub is actually in the Arctic, uh, you know, far, far out from everything, you know, where the chaos is ensuing. But we start out in the infection control, um, infection, con- uh, infection control lab, if I could talk. The confection um, control lab, but they make zombie cake. <laughs> it's a confectionary delight. but um, And it will kill you. But we have uh, data x-ray, or delta x-ray. Again, I can't talk today. We have Delta X-Ray. We, I did two shows earlier. <laughs> you leave, leave me be. <laughs> but we have um, uh, Hammond's group going in to retrieve this doctor and a couple of her test subjects and any other survivors that they can do in the place is just being overrun. And so uh, he's trying to get them out, but she is very determined that these three are, you know, are our last hope in terms of finding a possible vaccine. So they try... In, uh, they try using the vaccine on two out of the three volunteers. Yeah. <laughs> Strapped to a table. You have been voluntold. Yeah. And yes. it's, they are prisoners. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They're, it, they're wearing orange jumpsuits. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a really interesting thing about the world that we have here that they've, there's been an executive order that it's okay to test things on prisoners against their will, which is a very much a, it, 
it's an instant makes you think of Nazis kind of thing because that's yeah. what they did. But at the same time, they still are required to read them a paragraph <laughs> telling them why this is okay. Which would also legal. make you think of Nazis. Yeah, yeah. go back to it. Well, only this, in German. Yeah. <laughs> this is an act of desperation. This isn't. This is hopefully not something that would happen in normal circumstances. But we're two years into the zombie apocalypse. We're at year Z zero two. It's bad enough. That we're we're basically running out of supplies, people, time. It's an act of desperation. Yeah, and oh, go ahead. Is it a bad thing, really, though, for them to <laughs> test on them? I mean, if you're a prisoner, obviously they're going to keep you. I'd rather be like Murphy and have the potential of being saved. Well, this so, is this is the moral dilemma. Is it okay to intentionally harm one person to save a hundred? Is it okay to do that to save five to save two thousand? Like, what is how many people is it okay to sacrifice somebody for? I mean, the, the I think world evidently. Murphy says, like, we get rights. We're still human. Exactly. Like, who knows what that guy did? He could have like robbed a Seven Eleven, and now yeah. he's like up for human. Testing. He was a network executive. <laughs> oh! He deserves to die. Actually, on <laughs> on the um on the website, it's says that he committed some sort of white collar yes, crime. So, it, you know, he could be next to two murderers and maybe he, he did a little accounting fraud and you're going to get killed for it. It's a Who really knows? jacked guy for a white collar <laughs> crime. Yeah. Well, he works out a lot. Who knows yeah, he's, he's been, been there. been lifting weights for a couple <laughs> <Yeah>. of years. <laughs> but that's the thing is two out of these three test subjects die immediately and poor Murphy... <laughs> He gets injected anyway, despite his protest. And not long after he does, the room just gets overrun. And Hammond gets the doctor out, um, but decides to go back for him because he can still hear the guys screaming. And he was our last hope. And so he gets the doctor to to the chopper and says, if you know, we're not at back in two minutes, go without us. You know what's really freaky about that? Not the fact that zombies came in. The fact that zombies knocked on the door. That freaked me out. Like, that oh, is hey. so true. Take that, Walking Dead. Yeah, Where are the right? polite zombies? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because- well, and it was his partner. So I wonder if his partner didn't do that right before he died or right before he turned. And it was, oh, okay, it's my partner. Ah! Well, it's a calm knock if his partner was running away still. He's like, hey. As opposed to Murphy, Murphy, Murphy. Actually, what you should have said is Land Shark, Candy Graham, or in our case, Land Shark NATO. Sci-fi, Candy Graham. That does actually bring up some very interesting questions because we've seen all different types of zombies and all different types of mental awareness in those types of zombies. We've seen types of zombies where they are completely there, um, and, and you know they just happen to be dead but then we've seen other ones where it's nothing there's nothing left of the person left at all uh it's just the mindless need to eat and but you know if this zombie if he was a zombie prior to knocking on the door if he had the presence of mind to knock because they knew that that would open up the door without any problem that's kind of terrifying if that says a lot Mm -hmm. about you know, the type of villain we have to face in this series. I actually find it much more terrifying for them to be unintelligent. Because you can, if it's... This is the reason that zombies, I think, are some of the scariest creatures out there. Because a vampire, you can reason with, in theory. Like, you might not win, but you can reason with them because they're a conscious being. A zombie, you might be like, I like you! And yeah. then the cut of your jib. Exactly. But a zombie last. doesn't have doesn't care. It doesn't matter what you think, what you have to say, what reason you might have that they shouldn't eat you. 
they are just going to go for the kill. There's nothing you can do to stop them except to kill them. And, but oh, an unintelligent zombie is predictable. An intelligent one that you have assumed unintelligent because you've seen all the zombie media, you've seen 28 Days Later and whatever, and you're like, okay, zombies, they're mindless. If these are smart zombies and the characters are assuming that they're not that's going to lead to major trouble. Yeah. Starting with the knock on the door. That puts <laughs> that puts any survivors at a major disadvantage. And so it's just going to be very interesting. And we haven't gotten any. Although we'll, we see a little bit later on of the possibility the of river more. Zombies. Exactly. Of the possibility of more intelligence there. And driving the bus. Too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they they like, still have some sort of cognition there, and that's kind of weird. It, it's it's hard to tell whether it's just kind of an after kind of an after image or an echo of mm-hmm. the person they used to be, or if it's something more conniving and something more sinister. Well, if these are viral zombies and not reanimated corpse zombies, then it could well be that the brain's still kicking away in there. That's actually yeah one of the things we've tried to play is. How long ago did some person get bitten? It's like our faster zombies are fresh. It's the ones that are three years old are shambling and decayed and really, really dead. But it's there is a spectrum. Um, yeah, they make have, a comment about that when um, somebody comes running up. They're like, "Oh, he must have just turned." Just turned, yeah, yeah, exactly. I guess that's eventually muscles will atrophy and whatnot yeah. from not mm-hmm. being used, so they would become more useless and eventually just crumble. In our zombie design lab, uh, <laughs> yeah, we spent a lot I of like time. I like this already. Yeah, <laughs> spent a lot of time discussing. Okay, how, how far decayed do they get? How how quickly does it happen? I mean, there's a zombie. I mean, just playing the science fiction game for a while. All right, you some virus has destroyed the brain and turned them into a chomping, mindless uh, being, but it's still, it's there. I mean, something is animating it and that something uses energy. How much energy does it have? I mean, is the heart still beating? And then you have, you know, zombies have, have a hole in their heart. How, how far do they go? I mean, what is what is sort of the... the what keeps them ticking? Yeah. yeah, and I don't know that we've got an answer, but we certainly have suggested a few different answers. So, mm-hmm. And in fact, maybe, you know, our guys, none of them, they don't know either. They're just reacting to what they've seen. So, well, And I, now now that we're discussing this, I have a question about what, what this cure means, this supposed cure, um, because Murphy was bit, obviously, numerous times and didn't turn into a zombie, but then, um, and they say he's our only hope for a cure. What does a cure mean? Does a cure mean that, you know, you, you inject this zombie with the cure and it just immediately dies and, like, disintegrates, or do, is there the possibility that they, the person inside could still come back? The way I so, like at least in the experiment when they were in the prison, it was they were injecting him with the the serum. Like it was like mm-hmm. like it was a vaccine. Like right before, mm-hmm. and they keep and calling then, it a vaccine. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. then, well, if it's a vaccine, then it's preventative. Okay. It wouldn't it sense. wouldn't fix it in post. Like you can't inject a malaria vaccine after somebody's gotten malaria. And <laughs> yeah, they get worse. They're gone. <laughs> yeah, I tried a hangover vaccine. It doesn't. <laughs> But then that then that's very interesting because then you could prevent anybody else from becoming a zombie yeah. and therefore stop the zombie apocalypse. And if they're the type that crumble, as we're hearing, <laughs> then eventually it's like a waiting game. You just have if everybody's immune, then you just wait for them all to die out. Exactly. So yeah. what do you do? Just put your arm out and have them nibble on it and be like, <laughs> You want some? <laughs> like yeah. die like a bee. <laughs> <laughs> you. Well, you still have to defend yourself because these are still a type of zombies that will yeah. rip you into pieces. Yeah, as we they saw. They just won't make more yeah. of them. Eventually, <laughs> if everyone's vaccinated, the zombies will 
die off. I mean, technically, we don't know exactly how the vaccine will, how it affects the zombies, because when the, when, what's his name? Um, Hammond? Hammond, Mur- yeah, went Murphy? back for Murphy. Oh. We didn't see that scene of him being, Murphy being saved by him, or if maybe Murphy saved himself by yeah. the, the vaccine. And, and, but we do see Hammond, you know, the next time we see him, he's got this big old scar on his face. Mm-hmm. So he, he clearly didn't make it out 100% <laughs> without oh, no, a scratch. He so. was, yeah, bit a lot. Mm. But didn't turn. So, exactly. Although, if you see when he pulls his tooth out, yeah, later, that's that, worrying. There may be a little side effect. Yeah, that's maybe it just that's slows it worrying. down. Yeah, maybe maybe it's just his, his, you know, his blood or whatever um, slowed down the effects of the actual zombie virus, but can't actually prevent it. Maybe or he's turning a, it to a super zombie. Or yeah, it's a modified form of the virus. It could well be. Or maybe he never got his wisdom teeth out. Maybe he had some of that prison dental care. Maybe Hammond punched him off screen and he's just pulling out his... like, oh, okay, that's why it hurt. (laughs) I'm sure that happened more than once. Murphy as a character is somebody you'd be happy to punch. Yeah, that's kind of hilarious that humanity's only hope is this this complete total jerk. (laughs) Yes, even more than that. There are things he does that are just just nasty and mean ultimately well he may have been in prison for a reason (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it will be very interesting to see how that progresses but um to get back into the episode uh yes uh you know it's very clear that um hammond saves murphy but back at the um back at the nsa headquarters uh simon who is who becomes citizen z later in the episode uh he and his group are getting ready to evacuate and he goes now once uh once the chopper takes off and they're safe but as he goes to evacuate he realizes that they left him behind because he was supposed to be out minutes ago and he sees the plane taking off without him and something goes wrong we don't know what but it just goes crashing to the ground and now he's presumably stranded there because it doesn't it's he's in the arctic where's he gonna go i felt really bad for him oh, they yeah. didn't even like wait for him for a second they just ditched him no he said Here's- two minutes and we're in there you can't it's the military you don't here's what i don't understand why did they go in the first place they're obviously clearing out this facility but zombies freeze this is too far north for any of the zombies to make it up there especially if aircraft is the only way to go in and out why were they leaving this is a safe space i imagine they're needed elsewhere though like they they they're like leave the lights on we might be back communications people not front line I mean, different skill set. But if the front line's gone, then you need to move Point. to where you're needed. Yeah, the, the idea was that there is this whole Operation Bite Mark, and it reached a certain level, and these this team that was in the uh, NSA uh, uh, Northern Light Station were heading for the rendezvous as well. There, there uh. is a project to you know, yeah. Mount Wilson, California lab to take the fight back to the zombies, pull it together. Just oops. <laughs> Especially if you have a limited amount of personnel of like DC's probably fallen, all the yeah. big cities are done. The That's, East is particularly bad in, yeah. in our show. But and, you'd think that when winter came it would wipe out the zombies. They just Eastern freezes winters them. are rough. Not it, necessarily. Slows them down. Yeah, the mythology mm. that I've that I've learned is like it freezes them and then comes spring. They're <laughs> back. <Yeah>. They're flowers. <laughs> the polar vortex. Oh, like daisies. <laughs> and the also with vortex. with climate change, three years in the zombie apocalypse, things are just a little warmer throughout mm. the United States. That but it is still. Sense. But yes, it is still the 
further north they are, the the less likely you are to ever seen one moving. It's like a really scary version of Encino Man every <laughs> spring. It's terrifying. If, if Encino Man had been a zombie, that would have been an entirely different You could probably movie. sell that. <laughs> we'll write a pitch for it later. Yeah. It'll be great. But um, after, after we get the opening credits, we get introduced to a couple different characters from Camp Blue Sky. Um, some ex-National Guard people. We have Warren and Garnett. And, um, and we, we get introduced to their characters and, uh, they, they kind of seem to be, you know, some of these genetically predisposed badasses who have survived and not only have survived, but have taken charge and are taking care of other people. What I like about this, we see essentially a funeral for a 64 year old woman who is still alive at the time. (laughs) And simply wants to be put out of her misery. And the way they do this is they're calling it the Eighth Sacrament. And we actually saw this a year ago with Hammond shooting the zombies and saying, I give you you mercy, not Murphy, mercy. (laughs) I take They gave him Murphy, too. He was on a table. We'll be giving people Murphy later. (laughs) (laughs) But saying, I give you mercy, and then pulling the trigger. And it seems that this culture has arisen. They're calling it the Eighth Sacrament. They're saying, we didn't even have time to give them mercy. We just had to bail. Yeah. Like, they think that the souls in these zombies are still savable if they can send them on to God. The bodies are... We're done with that. And and that's something very interesting that you don't see in a lot of zombie, you know, in a lot of different zombie things, because it's usually just kill the zombie so that you can go on living. It's very rarely do we get the opportunity to, as you say, kind of put this poor person out of mm-hmm. their misery. It humanizes so, the zombies instead of viewing them as, oh, they're this mindless mass of monsters that want to eat us all. It's they used to be people. They might still be people. We need to get the souls out so the other so life can take I, care I of them. Think more so it humanizes our characters who are still with us because they they haven't become like these soulless kind of killing machines who are dead-eyed who you know just kill people because that's the only way you survive they genuinely feel like it's the right thing to do to put somebody out of their misery unfortunately that comes to kick them at the end of the episode (laughs) exactly i was gonna say do you think that's naive of them to think that way it's no. something, um, I mean, it can result in some careless actions as we see later on, but it's the constant question of, of holding on to your humanity. And we see this a lot in zombie things because zombies are us and it's the question of what separates us from them. And so it's our humanity that's, that separates us. And so we do everything we can to hold on to our humanity. And that might be naive, but it might be just something that these people hold on to, to carry on living without losing their souls along the way. It's similar to keeping your sense of humor. You need it to keep going. Otherwise, you may as well just lie down and let the zombies get you because what's the point? Or even worse, you come, you become something far worse than any zombie threat. And, you know, um, something that they bring up in The Walking Dead, I, the I don't want to keep, I don't want to keep <laughs> harping back to The Walking Dead. It's a great show, but, um, you know, the worst thing is when you see people who have lost their humanity, not the zombies because they're just mindless eating machines, but when you see people who genuinely like hurting other people, that's even worse. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I don't know what you think the on deep it. questions. No, I like what you guys are going with that. I just, for me, for killing the older lady, I thought that wasn't naive. That was nice of them to put her out of her misery before it was, she turned. Uh, exactly, yeah. And, but for the zombies, I, I think they should survive. So if they gotta survive, we gotta survive. 
I guess you guys don't want to get on my it's, bad side during the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> well, it's, it's, a, it's, like a, it's, it's like a religious ceremony, not just because they're calling it the Eighth Sacrament, but it's like there's no... A lot of times, and in the case at the end, there's not a logistical reason for doing it, but they feel they need to. They're compelled by supernatural, by spiritual things. Um, I... It seems like it to be a bad decision at certain times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it is something for them if, if to hold. Mor- on and to. also, if moral decisions have I no penalty. <laughs> then, then what's the challenge? Exactly. You know, exactly. There has to be a you know a, a potential price to be paid. Yeah, and, but it's and like, I love Hammond later saying, "I hate moral dilemmas." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like uh, it's like if, it, if you're a religious person in the zombie apocalypse, I guess you could see zombie killing as a as work. So, if you're not going to work on the Sabbath, that's going to end poorly for you. <laughs> well, and even Hasidic worse... Hasidic zombies. Orthodox zombies. There's a... Amish zombies in the yeah. trailer. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, even worse, if you are a religious person in the zombie apocalypse, and you think that they are still people, then that's a huge... That's a huge dilemma, because, you know, thou shalt not kill, but you have to kill to live, and everything like that, in this world. It's well, a case of, murder. where is your god now? <laughs> <laughs> it really is. <laughs> It's a lot. Of, it's it's very interesting, and I like I like that the show is touching on just those little things without having to go into a lot of exposition. It's just world building, and we get little tidbits. Oh, the world like building that. is beautiful, and I like that. Um, but as um, we get introduced after that scene, we we see that Murphy and Hammond have rowed up to shore and are asking Garnett and Warren for their assistance because um, because this gentleman in the back here may be humanity's last hope <laughs> and everything like that. So um, as as they're kind of trying to uh, convince these two people to get them to the rendezvous point uh we we kind of cut back to i don't want to call them our b team but but they're, they're the yeah <laughs> but to you our b team the, the z team the z team Ooh. that works yeah, i like that <laughs> which is addy doc and mac and uh they're they're trading with other people and i kind of love the the kind of like back and forth banter that they have to try to negotiate you know what they're going to trade for what and aspirin for bullets <laughs> yeah. just like oh, aspirin can't stop a zombie that's ridiculous bullets can't stop a headache i love the custom weaponry that's (laughs) my favorite part about zombie lore is like the crazy ways you can come up with to kill zombies whether it's like the baseball bat or like the my favorite is from world war z they have the shovel that's also an axe (laughs) useful and dangerous Axe shovel. <laughs> before um, before we go on, though, uh, because this group gets attacked, um, but we see these weapons in action, and it's going to be great. To, and I think that's just another good example of the um, the different the tonal difference that we see that makes the show unique. Um, but uh, before we go on, I want to talk to you guys really quick about iTunes. Um, folks, this is our very first episode, so if you like what we do here at AfterBuzz, AfterBuzz puts out 77, more than 70 shows a week. Um, our poor engineers work like 90 hours a week to bring you this content. Uh, so uh, as this being our first show, we really need your guys' support. Go to iTunes, rate us, let us know what you think of the show. Uh, leave a comment because it lets our bosses know that you like the show that we're doing and that you like hearing us talk about Z Nation. And it also tells the network, in this case Sci-Fi, that you like this show as well. Because they do pay attention to this. Don't kid yourselves. Exactly. So everything you guys can do to help, we would very much appreciate it. Um, But anyway, let's get back. um, Because we've got a lot to cover and not a lot of time to do it. Um, So basically, after that... 
we have Warren and Ham and Hammond and Garnett and Murphy going to meet the rendezvous point. But then when they hear from our B team that the that zombies have overrun these zombies that were lying in wait in the water, which was super creepy, um, have just overrun the camp, and they they decide to go back for them, uh, much to Hammond's you know discontent because he just wants to go and move forward with his mission. He doesn't care about any of these people. But so they go back and they rescue our B team uh, before heading on over to the rendezvous From point. a bus full of child zombies. It's the yeah. bus comes rolling out of the wreckage and they're like, oh, it's the escape bus. Which tells you, yeah, they had a plan in place. They had an evacuation plan. They knew what they were doing. Oh, they got the kids out. There's a zombie on board. They're all going to be zombies within the next two minutes. <laughs> bus crashes into a tree. Zombies pour out and carnage. You gotta armor it that was, bus up, and then it's gonna be your zombie vehicle. It was just a great scene, start to finish. It really was. It was. It built up a lot of the tension, and then as sad as it is that all these kind of kids we saw running around camp are now zombies, like, the kind of sort of heartbreak from that, it kind of goes away when we see four zombies just get hit by the truck. Yeah. Get in! Yeah. <laughs> and everything like that. Well, so, and this was necessary because we have to have our team go on. This means that all of these people no longer have a place to go back to. Exactly. So they're stuck with our heroes, <laughs> and so we continue. The only way to go on is to move forward. Mm-hmm. So they, they move forward to uh, the, civil def- uh, the civil defense setup that they have in Sleepy Hollow, New York. Sleepy and- Hollow. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Perfect. Um, and uh, so they move on to there um, because where else are they going to go? That's the only thing that they can do. And when they get there, the place, again, it's it's in ruins. It's in tatters. So Hammond takes charge, and he's like, okay, everybody, we're going to look for survivors and supplies. And while they're looking, not only do we see somebody nearby looking at our group like through the lens of a sniper rifle we also see um they also find a baby and, and the a real life baby point yeah did anyone else notice and you tell me if this was intentional that baby is dressed i exactly like oscar from ghostbusters 2 <laughs> oh am i pulling that out of nowhere it looked identical to the baby from ghostbusters 2. it's a yellow onesie i I have no knowledge. Of that. <laughs> Although, if we are talking I'm about not cleared for that, <laughs> if we are talking about outfits, I have to say I love Garnett's outfit because it's a blue shirt and brown pants, and I'm like he's dressed just like Ash from Evil Dead, and that <laughs> makes my heart ever so happy. I don't know if that was intentional or if that was a specific nod or if it was just a coincidence, but it makes me happy. And if we're talking about references, <laughs> the first time that Mur- the that uh, Murphy and Hammond show up, they. Say, well, how'd you hear about Blue Sky? Well, these uh, this ex police officer and a crew hunkered up in a prison told us about it. Yeah, there are a few of those. Yeah. It's little, wonderful. A few little uh, Easter eggs in there. It's wonderful. I was very amused. That those those uh, just those little tidbits. They're a lot of fun. No, they're they're fun for us and and fun for the costume people. You know, they have their own. Everyone's got their own sort of uh, appreciation of an interest in I mean the one thing we did find going to Spokane where this is shot is the first time we did a casting call for zombie extras we had like 900 people show up <laughs> I didn't know there were 900 people who wanted to be extras in Spokane or anything you know so uh, I didn't it, know there were 900 people in Spokane <laughs> I was waiting for that yeah, joke I just teed that up for you but uh, <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it but it's yeah so and everybody has a little bit of something they want to bring to it especially and that's the fun thing of, of a television production because it goes on and on 
after a while, and it becomes a sort of demented family. <laughs> uh, and there are some people who get into it in, in odd ways. And sometimes you, even as a writer, showrunner, producer, you kind of go, where did that come from? And, you, and nobody will quite admit to it or you don't quite know or you appreciate it later. But yeah. Exactly. It's, it's pretty wonderful. <laughs> but um, one, of, one of the other things they find is they go up to the roof and there's a girl in a cage who has seemingly locked herself in there. And they, they kill the zombies that are that are trying to get to her. Um, and when they free her, she's like, oh, she attacks them. And, you know, she's like, sorry about that. I, I was asleep. I didn't, you know, I was a little disoriented. And they were like, you were asleep with all that going on? How long have you been in here? And she's been in there for two days. And uh, they don't mention her by name, but her name's Cassandra. And we, we don't know much about her. And they make it very clear that they don't trust her. Uh, uh, because obviously the whole compound is in ruins and she's one of the few survivors, if not like besides the baby, the only survivor that they've come across so far. That baby. Uh, well, I guess baby. the question is, she's locked in there. Is did she put herself in there for protection? Did somebody Most else likely. put it, them yeah. in there? Did somebody put her in there to protect her from zombies to keep her away yeah, from them? There are so many questions, and she's not saying a whole lot. She's like, "Use your brain, figure you know, you put the rest together." <laughs> Everything like that. You'll find out a lot more about Cassandra in episode two. Yay. Sweet. Yes, that's exciting. But not every answer. No, of, of course, course not. not. <laughs> but what so, would be the point? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but um, as they're spreading out to again check more supplies, uh, what our B team gets attacked by a zombie, but the sniper on the roof takes out the zombie expertly, and mm-hmm. they they don't mention him by name either. But his name is Ten K, and he just kind of scurries away um, without you know without receiving a thank you or anything like that. But he goes off after saving them, and which was a huge relief because he had been staring at them through his sniper rifle the whole time and I was like is this a friend? Is this a foe? What is going on here? Don't shoot dog. <laughs> oh, please don't. <laughs> Some old guy like get off my lawn. <laughs> I feel like he could have been one of the students at the high school that this encampment was set up as. He's young. He's really He's young. Bitty. Well, he's there. He he's prepared. He's ready. He's ready to like go shoot. I mean, what high school doesn't have sniper <laughs> rifles on hand for just such an occasion? I went, I went to high school in Wyoming, and there were fewer guns there. I must have missed that in PE. <laughs> I must have missed that that little sign up, that intramural sport. But um, he's not the only one we find. Uh, as they're separated, uh, Garnett and Murphy get attacked because they're watching the baby. And as Murphy's clearing the room, something happens. It's not quite entirely clear how. But during the skirmish, the baby gets turned into a zombie baby and proceeds to scurry around the room just like this little <laughs> evil gremlin of despair and uh, horror. Everything it, like that. It became terrifying ambulatory. <laughs> I was not expecting ambulatory zombie baby. That that was wow. Look, if the zombie virus makes slow people suddenly move fast <laughs> when they die, it can make a baby run. That's true. I have to wonder like how much of an adrenaline, like just everything that's left in the system just goes as soon as the person turns into a zombie. Maybe that's it. I was really hoping the baby would be like, I want to hang out and be friendly. <laughs> but no, the way it turned its head in that cage, in the seat, I'm like, no, you're not going to be a friendly dead baby, no, are you? As you... soon as that baby showed up, I was like, oh my god, it's going to be a zombie baby. <laughs> and when no, it wasn't, they... I was just waiting. They showed the zombie baby in the trailer. The um, oh, I saw it before I watched any promos or trailers. Ah, yeah, it's a 
it's it, I haven't seen a baby zombie since Dead Alive, so <laughs> it was it was an it was I again lots of fun little references for oh fans God, of the genre. Dead Alive, I forgot about that. Movie. I know, right? <laughs> Pride and Prejudice and zombies for me. <laughs> but anyway, so um, they they sh- you know they run out of the room and they have the door closed, but they decide again this concept of mercy. They can't leave a baby to that kind of fate, and well, so and Warren dropped the ball right then and there. It was kill it. I can't kill it. I can't run away. Exactly. Good job, everyone. They they kind of they couldn't do it, and so um, Hammond decides to go in. And before he does, though, he tells Garnett that he he's like, "You need to get it together because I can't be doing your dirty work." Basically, so he goes in there and unfortunately gets attacked by another zombie, baby mama, baby yeah, mama, baby <laughs> and then and then the the two of them, the baby and the baby mama, <laughs> uh, they they attack him and they're eating him, and so everybody else comes in, and there's just nothing they can do for him at this point, so they just shoot all three of them. We were five minutes of screen time away from having a black main character in a horror franchise. Way to go, Garnett. Five minutes! Did anyone else think they wasted a lot of ammo? Yeah, Yeah, they they did. I will concede that was a little bit more of a fusillade than uh, was probably actually required. Yeah. You know, the, the other flaw in the episode is that we wanted to sort of make it clear and it didn't quite, is that the baby was actually ill. Uh. You know, like, and it just, you couldn't quite get the cries right and well he looked like a healthy baby so yeah. it was it was kind of odd like what happened there because yeah, he we looked ca- fine we a minute were, like, ago casting for a sick baby we had to we would have had to go to la unfortunately we are running short on time but just to wrap up the episode um they they get a message from uh from Simon uh, over at the NSA headquarters who says, you know, that they have to get Murphy to California. And then, unfortunately, the radio dies on them. And so, and with Hammond dead, it's up to Garnett to sort of step it up because he's the one, quote-unquote, in charge. And so he decides, okay, we're going to California. California, here we come because we've got no other options at this point. And, um, and simultaneously, op- up at the Northern Lights station, um, he uh Simon decides to become Citizen Z. And I don't know if this is something he had been doing previously, but since he doesn't have a direct line to them anymore, <laughs> he just starts broadcasting out on every frequency he can, hoping that he'll reach them. This is like what I wanted to see from DJ Qualls. It's just like <laughs> pure fun. He's just like, yeah, okay, end of the world. I'm going to play some music. <laughs> well, he can either do that or he can continue talking to the recording of his ostensibly dead, ostensibly wife and or girlfriend. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was a heartbreaking scene, uh, was just talking to the recording on the computer. Yeah. But how long can he take doing this until he goes completely crazy? Oh, I think, we're, I think we're at that point yeah. already. Yeah. <laughs> this is like exactly. the last This is the last yeah. thread of his sanity yeah. and anymore, and he's just going to snap. Well, anyway. I got a quick question Go for you before yes. you start wrapping up. Uh, so, in this world, is there electricity? In places. In places. Because there are still, say, you know, solar-powered things that are still operating, so you'll find security cameras and even some traffic lights, you know, odd hmm. things. There's parts of the infrastructure that's still still functioning. People can't make a power plant, you know, fire it back up. There's a nuclear power plant in one episode that's still sort of running. So in places, yes, just as there are still sort of communication and the, you know, the phone lines still exist. Uh, it's a question of what you do with stuff. And the satellites that NSA operates are still up there, okay. still looking down. So if you have the right dish the right uh, power to a receiver, you can get the information that uh, is still sort of floating around anyway. The one thing that, that's a, a 
a great scene later on where they do need to get a password for something, and, and Citizen Z says, "Ma'am, we're NSA. That's not a problem." <laughs> <laughs> That's really exciting. Nice. Well, unfortunately, we don't have time. I think to go into predictions. Uh, they're giving us the rap sign. But um, since we have you in the studio, really quick, what can we expect from this upcoming season? You'll see some zombie stuff you have not seen anywhere else. Starting with flaming oil-soaked zombies next week, and and Amish zombies. Just get ready. That's exciting. <laughs> where, can, where can people go online if they want to find out more about you and about the work you do? Uh, Sci-fi.com and also uh, Z Nation on Twitter. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Okay. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, Zach Wilson, where can the people find you? Hey, guys. Thanks for geeking out with us tonight. I'm Zach Wilson. You can catch me at that Zach Wilson. Also here at AfterBuzz on Doctor Who, Doctor Who Classics with <laughs> these two over here. Um, got a bunch of stuff coming back in the fall, including Grim, Resurrection, Grace Point's a new one. Uh, so tune in. And, guys, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at HeyRoyds, H-E-Y-R-O-Y-A. Thank you guys. You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Kiaxe. That's K-I-A-X-E-T. I am also on Attack on Titan and Sword Art Online on Sundays, uh, Doctor Who Classics on Wednesdays, and in the fall, Arrow also on Wednesdays, and Ruby every other Thursday. And I'm Megan. You can follow me on Twitter at The Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. And you can find me on all of those shows. <laughs> Thank you guys so, so much for tuning in to the first recap for Z Nation. We will see you guys next week. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.